Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. To Luke chapter 15. I'll read beginning in verse 11 here in just a little bit. Ten years ago, a little over ten years ago, in uh, 2010 and in 2011, I led a, a team uh, on a mission trip to Japan to work with some of our SBC uh, missionaries there. And uh, it, is, it was a great time. I want to get back there somehow, some way. I haven't been back yet, but I'm still in contact with the missionaries. They're still good friends of mine, and I want to get back because Japan is still lost as lost can be. They need Jesus. But I remember coming back, uh, and it, it was a long trip. It was a little under two weeks that uh, we had spent there. And so I, I remember coming back. It, it's good to go, but it's always good uh, to get back home. It's always a, a blessing to go, but always a blessing to be back home. And I remember, I think it was the 2011 trip. You know, we got back, we landed in Memphis and made our way through the concourse. And, and, and I got to the point where I could finally see kind of my family in distance. And It's been almost two weeks since I'd seen them. And I was excited to see them, and hopefully they were excited to see me. And so I got past the security kind of checkpoint. And so I'm walking and I kind of put my arms open like, you know, daddy's home. And they just kind of stand there staring at me. I'm like, it's been almost two weeks. Hello. Daddy's home. And I'm walking, you know, kind of my arms wide open, ready to just grab him in my arms. Well, I didn't know that from where they were, there was a sign that was facing them that said, do not go past that point. So here I am, I'm expecting them to run up to me and just, you know, get, you know, and welcome me, and I'm welcoming them with open arms, and well, you know, it's good, they obeyed the law, didn't want to get arrested, you know, that day or, or whatever. Uh, but, you know, it, I, I was ready with open arms to, to greet them. We finally got to one another, I finally got past that sign, so then, you know, we were finally able to, to greet one another. You know, it, it, there's nothing like when you're away from someone for so long of a time to just greet them with open arms and, and uh uh, to wrap him up, you know, especially, you know, father and with his children, and husband with, with his wife, you know, wrap them up in, in your arms uh, when there's been so much distance between you. And as true as that is for, like, our families here on earth, you know, it's also kind of a good picture spiritually as well. Because, you know, when there's distance between us and God the Father, I mean, it's a miserable time when you're away from God the, the Father. And maybe some of you are, are kind of feeling that right now, you're experiencing that right now, you know, and you might try and deaden the pain through different things, be it pouring yourself into entertainment, your work, or whatever, but you know, there, there's that emptiness there, and, and maybe you're, you're afraid to go to God the Father because you think that he's like this harsh uh, dictator, you're afraid, or maybe you're even afraid that, you know, he's going to reject you, you know, there, there's not a sign there that says don't run to God the Father, but kind of in your mind there's this mental block or whatever, spiritual block. That, yeah, there's a sign there that says don't go past uh, this point. But, but here's the thing. I'm here to tell you that, that God is waiting for you with arms wide open. Just like a father, you know, who'd been away from his family for so long. Arms wide open to just wrap them up and love on them. God has his arms wide open to, to love on you. Because God the Father loves you more than you could ever know. 
I mean, he loves you more than any earthly person ever could, even an earthly father and mother. He loves you even more than that. And being a father, I know the love of a father. And God loves you even more than that. And, and he has open arms. He's willing to accept you. He's willing to bring you in. But, you know, there's a lot of times we just, something is blocking us. And I want to take away some of those, those, those blocks. I want to take away some of that. Maybe you're, maybe you're a Christian who has wandered away from the faith. And you wandered just kind of away. And, and you're afraid to go to God because you're expecting well, if I go to God, he's going to scold me, uh, you know, and, and he's going to just treat me very coldly, maybe. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but, you know, he's just going to be very cold toward you, and, and, and that's not God a, a, at all. If you've wandered away from him, guess what? He's there with open arms. He's waiting for you. Or maybe you've never come to the faith. Maybe you think that, well, you know, because I did this, that, and the other thing, God the Father is going to reject me. But again, I'm here to tell you that God the Father has arms wide open to accept you into his family if you believe that he sent Jesus Christ to die for you. He, he is ready with open arms. And, and Jesus talked about this, and to show this great truth, he, he tells this parable, and you know, I've been going through par the parables the past few months, and this might be one of the most famous of, of, of the parables, but, but here Jesus is painting this amazing picture that, 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 of, of of God as a loving Father who has open arms and is ready for you. He's waiting for you, and he, he wants to grab onto you and love on you if you come to him. And, and, and so I don't want you to be afraid to come to God the Father. He made the way for you to come to him. He, he, he's the one seeking you. He's seeking you out. He, he, he sought you out by sending Jesus Christ. And I want us to celebrate that, and I want us to be open to that. If you need to run back to him, he's ready with open arms. And so I want to read verses 11 through 24. I'm not going to read the entire parable. It's a long parable. But I want to read verses 11 through 24 if you'll stand in reverence uh, to the reading of God's holy word. And it says here, He, Jesus, said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property and reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine rose in the country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out uh, to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
and they began to celebrate. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, I pray that, that we would see ourselves in this and we would see you in this. And, and Lord, uh, uh, get as much as possible for human beings an inkling of the love that you have toward us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, what, what led Jesus to, to tell this parable and the two parables that come before it, and, and I, I preached on those last week, is that Jesus was hanging out with, with sinners. He, he was hanging out with sinners to love on them, to save them, to, to share the good news that, hey, I, I'm the Messiah, I'm here to save you. And, and he was hanging out with these sinners, trying to love on them and reach them for the Father. And, and the religious leaders, they get all uptight about it. But, Jesus, who are you to hang out with sinners? You're supposed to be this prophet. You're supposed to be this great teacher. You're supposed to know God. Who are you to hang out with these kind of people? And so in response, Jesus tells these parables to make sure that they and we understand well, just how much God loves humanity. And so in this parable, the youngest son, he gives us a picture of, well, us. He gives us a picture of ourselves. And in this parable, the Father in the parable gives us a picture of God, the Father. And so I want to quickly just look at three pieces of the picture looking at the Son, and then finally look at a piece of the picture looking at the Father. So the first thing that I want to talk about today is I want, to look, I want us to look at the selfish rebellion of the Son. Because really, I mean, that is a picture of us. But it's the selfish rebellion of the Son in the story, this, this Son tells the father that he no longer wants to be under the father's roof. He wants to go out and live his own life. And so he asks for his portion of the inheritance. He doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't want to stick around and wait for his father to die. He says, well, give me what I'm owed now. And in the Near Eastern culture of that day, I mean, really what he was saying is, Dad, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead. And so just give me what you were going to give me anyway so, so I can just go live how I want to live. I want to go live my own life. I don't want to be under your roof. Really, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I wish you were dead. Give me your money. Which sounds kind of strange to us. I wish you were dead. Give me your money. Yeah, but that's, in essence, what he, he was saying. The father says, okay. And he gives the portion that he was owed to that son, and so the son, he takes the money and run, and, and he wastes all that money in, I guess, we would call it the party life. I mean, he, he didn't go out and get a job. He went off. He went off to the big city. He got him a cool flat to live in in the big city, and, and every night he went clubbing, to put it kind of into modern wording, and he just went out and partied. He rebelled against his father, he rebelled against God, and he just wanted to live in selfish desires and selfish ambitions. And that's the picture of humanity. We rebelled in that same way. I mean, you know, we were created by Almighty God, and yet, you know, we, because of sin, and we have this sinful nature, we're selfish, we're greedy, and we don't want to be under anyone else's authority. We don't want to be under anybody's authority, do we? Don't want to be under parents' authority. Don't want to be under bosses' authority. Don't want to be under government's authority. I want to do my own thing. We don't want to be under God's authority. We don't want to do what God says to do. You know, we, 
By nature, humanity wants to live like God doesn't exist. That's why atheists, those who say that they don't believe in God, it's more likely that they do believe in God, it's just that they don't want to live like they believe in God. I, I, I don't want to live under his rules. I don't want to live the way he wants me to live. I want to do my own thing. You know, like the prophet Isaiah said, we're all like sheep. We go astray. We've turned everyone to our own ways. And that's what the son did. I just want to do my own thing. Give me my money so I can live the way that I want. And we say to God, look, just leave me alone. I want to live the way that I want. I want to live the way that I want. I don't want to answer for it. But guess what? Living in rebellion against God has dire consequences. It has consequences for our life in the here and now. It obviously has consequences for all of eternity because our sinful rebellion is going to lead to some unwise choices. It's going to lead to our downfall. And so the second piece of the puzzle that I want to look at today to look at what happened to the son is let's look at the extreme desperation of the son. He wanted to live in rebellion, and now, because of his rebellion, he pays the consequences for it. You know, he, he lived the party life, and he squandered everything that he had, and he ended up on the street. He ended up in Skid Row. He was living out in the street. You know, and, and we, we talk about people who hit rock bottom. Well, this guy hit rock bottom. And, and he's, he's facing the consequences of his sinful choices. And then a famine came, which just kind of made things worse. And so it brought him to this point of extreme desperation. He's cold, he's hungry, he's homeless, and, and he's looking for whatever means necessary to survive. Now you would think that at the beginning of his troubles, he would have thought, you know what, let me go back to the Father. No, he starts having troubles, and so what does he decide to do? Well, I'm going to figure this out myself. I still don't want to go underneath the the authority of my father. I don't want to have to answer to him or to anybody else for that matter, but I'm kind of desperate. So he goes around looking for a job and he agrees to work on a farm, but not just on any farm. He's working on a pig farm. And remember, these are this is Jesus, a Jew, who's telling a parable to a bunch of Jews. I mean, that, that would have been the most reviling thing that they could think of. Because the pigs were the epitome of unclean animals. They were the epitome of being ritually unclean and maybe physically unclean and just, ugh. That was, to, to the Jew, the pig was the most disgusting thing that there could be. That's the picture. And, and that's so weird because bacon is so heavenly. How in the world could it be that? But that's the, that's the, the picture. I mean, just a thought of working with pigs would make them real inside. That is a picture of desperation. Man, for a Jew to work on a pig farm? You've got to be desperate to do something like that. But I mean, that, that, that's his predicament. But even after getting the job, it, it didn't help much. He was still starving. I mean, he got to the point where he would eat the pig slop. Whoo-wee, talk about a picture of desperation. I mean, you cannot hit rock for, for the Jew, okay? For the Jew, you could not hit more rock bottom. I mean, there was no layers under that. That was as bottom as you could get for the Jew. 
And Jesus is using that picture because that is the picture of humanity in their sin. In your sin, you are as low as you can go. I mean, you are... Now, okay, yeah, there might be a season where sin and rebellion seems like it's fun. You know, living in self-indulgence seems like, okay, maybe I can be happy doing this, but eventually... The novelty wears out. We find ourselves spiritually starving. We find ourselves worse off than we were before. As the saying goes, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and it's going to cost you more than you can pay. You get desperate. And so sometimes when we're desperate, again, we're still rebelling against the Father. I I do not want to go back to the Father this young man said. And we say, no, I do not want to go back to God. I do not want to go to God. And and so, you know, we we plunge further and further into rebellion. Well, okay, I'm in terrible situation now. Let me see what else I can do to deaden the pain, to make myself feel better. And, And the more that we work at trying to fix ourselves and our situation, the deeper the hole gets, the bigger the hole gets that we're digging for ourselves. I mean, we can fake it. Oh, I, I'm rebelling against God. I'm great. I'm feeling good. Yeah, you're lying to yourself and you're lying to others. Yeah, you can put the mask on, you know, figuratively. Or literally. I mean, I don't know. You might put the mask, a mask on, to, to, not just for COVID, but to hide what's really going on. I don't know. But, you know, you, you, you can fake it. And yet you're, you're hollow, and, and, and you're empty, and, and you're desperate. So what do you do? How, you might ask, how can I get out of that? Well, we do what the son did. Let's look at the third piece of the puzzle, or the picture. Let's look at the humble repentance of the son. So in verse 17, it says, he came to himself. Some other translations might say he came to his senses. I mean, that's really what it means. He came to his senses. He, 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 he finally said, okay, this cycle is dumb. I've been living this kind of cycle in my life, and it's getting me nowhere, and so this was pretty dumb. So he realized there was a better way. He needed to turn around and return to the Father. Really, that's repentance. Stop going in the direction that we're going and turn and walk back to the Father. Walk back to God. He realized that there's only one person that could help him. It was the Father. But you know what? To return to the Father. We're talking about the man that he wished was dead. That by his actions and his words said, I wish you were dead. Go back to that man and say, I need help. Talk about a humbling or humiliating experience. He knew he he completely insulted the father, he completely insulted the rest of the family, but the only way to survive was to go back, to go back to the father. And he knew he didn't deserve anything from the father, so he, he, he came up with this plan. All right, I got a plan. I'm going to go. I'm going to confess my wrongdoing. And, and I'm just going to ask him, just give me a job as a, as a servant. Because 
the father's servants was living a whole lot better than he was, he was living. So, so he knew in his mind that he gave up his claim as a son the minute that he walked away. And he had already spent his inheritance. There was nothing left for him as far as the family claim was concerned. But he, said, he was thinking, okay, maybe, just maybe, the father will have some pity and give me a job. I mean, no, he, he, he probably doesn't want anything to do with me, but maybe he'll at least give me a job. He'll give me something. He'll give me some bread. He'll, he'll give me something. But I know he'll disinherit me. He'll want nothing to do with me. You know, we hear about in the Eastern culture, you, you are dead to me. And so, you know, he's expecting that from the father. For the father to say, after what you did, you are dead to me. But he underestimated the father. And so, instead of what he was expecting, he finds something else. So let's look at the last piece of the puzzle. Number four, let's look at the open arms of the father. So this son... He's on this long journey home. He's rehearsing in his mind everything that he's going to say to his dad. And he's in the home stretch, so to speak. But what he found with his father's reaction took him by surprise. Because he's going in there thinking, yeah, okay, the dad's going to give me a lecture. He's going to say, I told you so. He's going to say, you're dead to me. I don't know you. I don't have a son things like that. And, and maybe that's kind of what we picture God the Father to, to be like. You know, that we, we think that God the Father, if we, if we come to him in repentance, we come to him humbly, that God is just going to kind of cross his arms and, and look at us and say, well, look what the cat dragged in, huh? What in the world do you want? Maybe we expect God the Father to say, you're dead to me. Something along those lines and, and there might be many reasons we have that picture and you know a lot of times are the the things that happen to us on earth we project onto God the Father but we need to just erase any anything of this earth that that influences the way we look at God the Father we need to kind of erase that and, and let scripture give us the picture of God the Father that we need because God is, is not like human experience. I want the parable to shape how we look at God the Father and how he reacts to people who return to him. This is what God the Father is like. Look at, look at what the Father did. It, it first says that he ran. So, you know, he's out in the field. Doing, he's doing his thing. The Father was doing his work around the house and whatever. Guess what he had been doing every single day since the sun left? That father had been looking to the horizon, looking for his son to come back. And so here's another day. We don't, I mean, you know, it's, I guess it's not important to the parable how long it was, but it was a long time. His son had been gone a long time, and every day he's looking out to the horizon, looking for his son, and all of a sudden he sees this figure walking. It's his son. The father doesn't stand there with arms crossed like, well, it's about 
time that loser of a son comes home. It says the father ran. He sees the son way in the distance. He doesn't wait for the son to come to him. He, the father, runs to the son. And again, this is in this culture, this, you know, the, the, the Middle Eastern culture, for a patriarch to run, that wasn't, I don't know what the proper word is, that wasn't classy, that, wasn't, that just wasn't something you did. You, you, you don't do that. People, people look at you funny, you know. People talk about you behind your back if, if you're running. He didn't care. His son was back, and he ran. And guess what? God is actively looking for us as well. And he's reaching out to us, and he's running to us, so to speak. He loves us, and it's an everlasting love. Not only did, did he run, but then once he caught up to the sun, it says he hugged him and kissed him. You know, he, he showered, he lavished, maybe that's the best word, he lavished some affection on him. It wasn't just like a punch in the arm, hey, how you doing? It was bear hug, kissing on his head, so glad, so happy to have him back. Again, God desires to lavish his affection on us. It says that the father told the servants, bring the robe, bring the ring, bring the sandals, bring all these things. What this was is the father fully restoring sonship. He was putting that son back in place. He reestablished him as his son. I mean, he wasn't even going to, this boy, he had been practicing this speech all the way home. He wasn't even going to listen to the speech. He starts the speech, Father, I've sinned against you and against it. Hey, go get the robe, go get the ring, go get sandals. My son is back. My son. And he restored him to sonship. And here's the thing, God the Father desires to make us his sons and daughters with all the rights and privileges that come with being his sons and daughters. We, we, I mean, everything that, we're called co-heirs with Christ. Everything that Christ gets, we get. We're made sons and daughters. But then also in the parable, there was another part, there was a celebration. The fatted calf. I mean, that's only killed on the most special occasions. He said, we're going to have a celebration. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a time of rejoicing. The son that I thought was dead is alive. The son who I lost has been found. And heaven rejoices that much when we return to the Father. Earlier in the earlier parables, it says that there, there, there's rejoicing by the angels in heaven before God. There's a party in heaven. And so time's not going to let me do this justice. God is so in love with us that he is searching us out if we would humble ourselves and come to him. If we would return to him, his arms are wide open. He's not going to berate us. He's not going to call us names. He's not going to, to give us the evil eye or, or whatever. He is waiting for us to come home. All we have to do is walk by faith into his arms. And so the question is, will you come to the Father? 
Will you come to him? He is waiting for you. I remember when I was a teen, I saw that this movie, and it was a movie about a teenage runaway. There was this teenage girl who, who didn't like the rules of the house, which parents and teens all can kind of relate to, right? She wanted to live her own life, and so she ran away from home, and she hit the streets of the big city, only to find out that, you know what, being on your own isn't all it's cracked up to be. Because the streets of the big city chewed her up and spit her out. She was cold, she was hungry, she was miserable, she was desperate. And so she, she took a step to reach out to her parents. Remember, when I was a teenager, there wasn't cell phones and stuff, so, you know, you just got to go with what you got. So she, she just wrote them a letter. She wrote them a letter and, and, and mailed it. And the letter said, I want to come home, and so I'm going to come by the house on this day around this time. And, and she wrote in this letter, if you will take me back, just have the have the front porch light on. But if I walk by and the front porch light is off, I'll know that you do not want me to come back home, and I'm just going to move on. Well, the night finally came that she had written about in her letter, and she was fighting her nerves and fears. She set out to, for the, the house. She didn't know what to expect, but she was going to say, whatever my parents choose, that's the choice. And so as she rounded the corner to the street that led to the house, she, what she saw amazed her. Because the, the front porch light was on, all right, but not just the front porch light. Every single light on the house, inside and outside, was on. The parents were sending a clear message, we want you back, we want you home. Our arms are wide open for you to return. And so there was a sweet reunion between daughter and parents. God the Father sent the light of the world, Jesus Christ, to shine forth and say, I want you back. My arms are wide open. I want you. Return to me. I want, I'm here to help. You know, you might be struggling in your spirit because you, you just don't know. I mean, can God forgive me? Can God really accept me? Can God really love me? Maybe there's something that you did in your life. I mean, can God really love me after I did fill in the blank? Jesus, through this parable, says, yes, most definitely he wants you. You need more proof than that? God the Father nailed his own son to the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. Every bit of it. Every sin is covered if you would return to the Father through Jesus Christ. By his grace, he saves you, and you can accept that gift. Maybe you are lost. Maybe you, you've never come to God the Father. You have rebelled against him. You, didn't, you don't want to be under his leadership uh, yeah, all this time, but, but you know what? I, I, you finally get to the point where I, I, I can't do this anymore. God the Father has open arms. Come to him through Jesus Christ. Believe that Jesus died for you and rose again to give you eternal life. <coughs> Maybe there are some here who are born-again Christians. You've fallen away from your walk with God. You've fallen away from the church. 
God is looking for you too. His arms are wide open. Our arms are wide open to bring you back to him. And so during the last song, you know, maybe, maybe you're struggling with something and you don't know if you can go to God the Father with your struggle. I'm struggling with this, but I mean, does God care? His arms are wide open saying, come to me, child, and talk to me about your struggle. So maybe when we're doing the last song, you just want to come to the altar and pray and come to the Father whose arms are wide open to you. Talk to him about that. Maybe you, you've been just astray. You want to return. Come to the altar. Say, Father, I return to you. But maybe, maybe you need to believe in Christ. I'm going to be standing in the front. I would love to share with you the good news that Jesus saves. The Father, his arms are wide open. He is ready for you. I pray that you... Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry at Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuest underscore HBC. Our student ministry is on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening, and God bless.